Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. It's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now. Here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Sheila Zelinsky Show for this Thursday, February 25th, 2016 edition. Right off the bat, I want to thank everyone for donating to my fundraiser for equipment. As of today, I have reached my goal. And again, I want to thank everyone who donated to that. I have reached my goal of $10,000. So for the month of March, I'm going to be working out my sound. There's a lot happening in March, the 4th, 5th, 6th. I'm going to be in Houston, Texas at the Augusto Prez event. If you can get out to that, please do. That's going to be an amazing event. There is a link there on today's bio for that information. Again, Augusto Prez, the 4th, 5th, 6th of March. Light in the darkness, a foreshadowing of his glory. It's going to be an incredible event. And it's at the Victory Life Fellowship in Houston, Texas. It's going to be an amazing event, folks. So please do try to get out to that. If you're going to be in the Houston area or you know anyone in the Houston area, do make sure you notify them to get out to that event. It's going to be very powerful. Trust me, I know what those events are like. God shows up in an incredible way. There's powerful anointing. People are healed, delivered, set free of lifelong affliction. So that's going to be amazing. And then on March 15th, I'm going to be at Sky Watch TV with the one and only Tom Horns. I'm really looking forward to going on Sky Watch TV to talk about my book, Green Gospel. And for the new listeners, if you have not got a copy of Green Gospel, my book, go to greengospel.ca and there's a book order link there that takes you directly to Amazon as well. You'll see Steve Quayle, Tom Horn, Paul McGuire with their endorsements on the book, as well as Dr. Timothy Ball, the renowned climatologist that says in her book, Green Gospel, Sheila Zelinsky effectively demolishes what you think you know. So there you have it. And it's a great book to wake people up to what is going on because everybody knows about environmentalism. Of course, everybody's running around trying to save the planet. But here's the thing. It's not about saving the planet. It's a very nefarious depopulation agenda. So do get some copies of that book. Give one out to your pastor, folks. Very, very timely and important book. It's a great price on Amazon. Really, trust me. So shifting gears, some of you have asked me about the Steve Quayle 2016 Grand Prize Giveaway. We're going to be extending it to the last day of February, and then we will select someone. So far, no one has won the contest yet, but there's been a lot of great entries. So do get your entries in. And if you do not know about the Steve Quell 2016 Grand Prize Giveaway, it's an amazing package valued at over $4,000. If you don't know anything about it, go to weekendvigilante.com. Simply click on like on my Weekend Vigilante Facebook page and you can find the contest details there again today. So just to reiterate, with my March schedule and getting my sound issues fixed, I will be back on the air Friday, April 1st. So bookmark that Friday, April 1st. 
and I'm hoping to resume the one-hour daily show, and that's going to be very exciting. Make sure that if you have not got my new app, that you go to the App Store and type in Weekend Vigilante and get yourself that app. We are trying to work out a few small details on it, but it's a great app. You're going to really enjoy it. It has direct links to the podcast, the social media. It has a direct link to the YouTube channel, and it also has a direct news feed to my end time news. So do get the app. It's customized and it's very convenient for you, the listener. And if you've not signed up for my podcast, do so. You can do that by clicking on the listen tab at weekendvigilante.com. It gives you a variety of options and it also has a direct link to my podcast. And please do sign up for my free e-newsletter as I will be sending one out in the month of March to give everyone updates. And don't forget that Doug, Joe, I, and Josh Tully will be on the media panel at Hear the Watchman. I have the honor and privilege of introducing Pastor David Langford Sunday morning, so I'm really looking forward to that. That is going to be fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys out there. And if you want me to sign my book, I'll do that, as well as I'll have some books available there as well. So if you have not got your ticket yet for Hear the Watchman, do so as time is running out. It's less than a month away. Hey, if you did not hear the Hagman and Hagman show last night, Wednesday, February 24th, I'm on the whole three hours. That was not planned. I was only scheduled to come on the first hour and talk a little bit about the death of Justice Scalia, as well as some of the current events. And it ended up being three full hours. And it's always nice to join my good friends, Doug and Joe Hagman. You remember me guest hosting with them all of 2014. So they're very good friends, and I'm so looking forward to seeing them in Dallas, Texas in March, the 18th to the 20th at Hear the Watchmen. Do get your tickets for that if you haven't already. It's going to be a fantastic lineup. Well, you're in for a treat today because my guest, she's been a good friend of the program. I've had her on before. She's a smart cookie, I'll tell you what. It's Chris Ann Hall, constitutional lawyer, mom, wife of a pastor, And let me tell you, this girl is on a mission to educate and inform people about our freedoms and liberties. It is my pleasure to welcome her to the program. Chris Ann Hall, welcome back to the show. Pleasure. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure for me to be here. Well, it's certainly a pleasure to have you on the program, Chris Ann. I know that you are a very busy gal. You just got back from a missions trip recently. You have a child you go around and do a lot of these sessions in communities. You're a busy gal. You know, um, it's the fact that we travel so much and teach so much. That's that's the hardest part. And my family comes with me. And so uh, my nine-year-old is homeschooled. He says, but he says he's not homeschooled. He's airplane schooled, car schooled, <laughs> hotel schooled, wherever he wants to go, you know, happens to be uh, right now. He was uh, doing his homework with his daddy somewhere. They went to get the brakes looked at on the truck. So (laughs) (laughs) the whole world is his classroom. Yes, indeed. Well, Chris, where I want to start off here is you were in Burns, Oregon. You saw what was going on. You were intermingling with the Harney County folks. Give the listeners your take on the whole situation in Burns, Oregon. Well, what's important for people to understand is is uh, something that that we've been trying to get across for a long time is that this is not uh, about the, the Hammonds or Oregon or Bundy or in Nevada. This is about a a community of people in the West, ranchers and farmers in the states all over the West, who have been fighting for the last fifty years with the federal government taking their land and taking their mineral rights and taking their property and taking their cattle and their livelihoods and everything. I mean, this is something that is just, it's becoming an epidemic. We are, we are watching the, the federal government seize up the land of the people at every idle excuse. Right now there's a big battle going on in Red River, Texas. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's absolutely insane the things that our federal government is getting away with. There's a family in Texas who uh, the heir of the estate passed away. And the, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the owner of the state passed away and the heirs of the state have been trying to 
take this land and farm it for 10 years now. But when the owner passed away, the federal government filed a claim to be an heir in probate court. And so the federal government has been tying up these people's land for over 10 years. They can't even get in and farm and continue in their heritage. The heirs of this estate have been fighting with the federal government on an an unlawful claim uh, for over 10 years. They can't can't farm the land. They can't do anything with the land. They cannot even operate in the tradition of their families because the federal government is interfering. Yes, interference really is the order of the day. And people out there, you know, when you say reclaiming your constitution, they're in a dystopic fog. They don't know the roots of liberty. They don't know any historic foundations. You and I have a love for history. When you look at Joseph Ellis and David McCullen, you look at the shot that was heard around the world, you think about 1776. There is such a ubiquitous dystopic stupor about people's constitutional history, isn't there? Because we've become universally ignorant over this. The people simply don't know it. Uh, on my radio show, I played, uh, and I have a television show clip uh, now too, and, and I played on the, the radio and the television show the clip from Texas Tech, uh, a man on the street poll done by some students in which they asked the students who, f- who won the Civil War. These college students were asking who fought in the Civil War. Asking who is the vice president. They had no idea who the vice president was. Asking them, uh, in uh, what year did we win our independence? They didn't know when we got our independence. They didn't even know who we got our independence from. And so what we have is a situation that should be glaringly obvious to us. We have a situation where we have the federal government has been teaching our children for decades History is our greatest teacher. History is what teaches us what tyrannical government looks like and how to plan against it so we don't ever have to deal with it again. And so when we have the federal government teaching our children for decades, why would they voluntarily teach a history and a constitution that proves to the people that the federal government is limited in its power by the consent of the people and that the states are superior to the federal government? We are being intentionally kept ignorant. Samuel Adams said, No people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, But on the contrary, when a people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. That's where we are. We have become so universally ignorant that we in America are our own worst enemy. You know, we're so dictated by fear these days that we simply operate in a fear-motivated world. And we think somehow that by trading our liberty, we can be safer, we can feel safer. We're no safer now than when George Bush passed the Patriot Act. As a matter of fact, we're less safe. We absolutely are less safe. And of course, back in the beginning stages of the war on terrorism, President Bush enacted the Patriot Act. This allowed the government to spy on citizens, monitoring their activities in order to discern whether or not someone is a terrorist. It brought about changes in law enforcement that allowed agencies to use phones, financial records, hack, track, attack. We saw Obama changing the rules, the indefinite detention even of U.S. citizens as well. So here you have the provisions of the Patriot Act allowing the government to spy upon U.S. citizens, and then the NDAA allows the government to whisk a citizen away for no reason other than being suspected of terrorism. So why has this law been passed when it is very easily seen as unconstitutional? The Fourth Amendment grants liberty from unreasonable seizures, while the Sixth Amendment guarantees every U.S. citizen a trial in front of a jury. So no matter what, let's admit, it's unconstitutional. So much of all of this is unconstitutional, and the situation in Burns, Oregon, is a good example of complete lawlessness. And what is the lesson, if you will, on the tragic death of Lavoie Finicum in the Burns, Oregon showdown, Chris Ann? Well, it's it. The lesson is is that the people need a, an awakening, and it, and the lesson is is that the people are awakening. Uh, I was spent two days in Burns. I was not invited by the people of the refuge. I was invited by the citizens of Harney County, and I spent two days 
at the Harney County Fairgrounds teaching a classroom over 300 the first night, over 400 the second night on the property uh, rights of the people and the lack of authority for the federal government to, uh, to own federal lands. And so what we need to understand is that that this is something that's worth standing for, something worth getting educated in. Because if we're not educated in it, there's nothing that we can do. We can just simply go around and repeating the rhetoric. I mean, after I gave that lesson, I've been attacked by law professors mm. who who write articles about me, about how, how uh, delusioned I am and how misinformed my teaching is, that this is not what the Constitution says. And their whole explanation is because the Supreme Court says so. So the fe- in, in the eyes of our uh, legal community, in the, in the eyes of our scholastic community, we live in a judicial supremacy where the federal government creates its own power through and its own limits of its own power through judicial rulings. And, and so then we're, we're left with understanding if that is true, we, live in a, we don't live in a constitutional republic. We live in an oligarchy of nine kings and queens. Yeah, I agree. We live in an oligarchy. And folks, oligarchy means the rule of the few. And those few are generally the people who are richer and more powerful than the others. It's what you call aristocrats. Really, it goes back to that word nobles. And monarchies have both kings and queens. And so oligarchies are generally bad for the poor, but they certainly do work for the powerful families. For sure. And of course, that ties back into the land. They have to have a certain amount of money and land in order to fit in the council. So right after the Dark Ages, most of the city states in Greece were oligarchies around 500 BC. So, you know, the Roman public that started around 500 BC was in some ways an oligarchy, too. And that's the question. Is the U.S. an oligarchy? That that does fit into the tyrannical takeover And, you know, when Obama says he loves the Constitution, what Constitution is he talking about? The Soviet Constitution? He is not talking about the Constitution of the United States of America. I know that much. Yeah, no, it's well, but how do the people know any different? I mean, that's the bottom line. We um, we we talk about NDA. We talk about uh, the Patriot Act. But uh, just in 2013 or 2014, the and I don't remember anymore exactly the uh, Department of Justice issued a, an internal legal analysis that says that they believe that they have the right, and they use that word right, to secretly kill anybody, an American citizen or whoever, anywhere on the planet, without any proof whatsoever. Their legal analysis said is all that they have to believe, not prove, believe, is that one day someone might plot against the government in the future. And that belief that one day you might plot against the government in the future is enough to secretly assassinate you. And they also had the the audacity to say that the courts have no say over what they have to do. Because everything that they do, they said that the assassination of this person would be based on military intelligence that could not be shared with the court, so the court couldn't second-guess or even be involved in their decision to kill people. So what we're talking about is a government that believes it has a right to self-defense, but doesn't recognize your right to self-defense, and that it can kill people based on its own interpretations with no due process. This We're talking about the death penalty here for the federal government suspecting you of some type of activity. That's right. And that's what the government thinks is okay. And the people, people are completely and totally unaware. And if they're aware, then all of a sudden it's, you know, it's not real. It's just, it's just conspiracy. It's not what they, you're misinterpreting that. You're making things up. And I've, I, you know, I mean, I've, I've had this analysis of their legal analysis on my website since the day it came out. And I still get people, oh, well, they're, you know, that's not what they really mean. You're just trying to scare people. And I use their own words. I mean, I, I'm not making this stuff up. And I think maybe what has to happen is that the people need to, to sort of be broken out of their comfort zone. Somebody told me once, it's always somebody else's fight until you get punched in the eye. <laughs> So we got to make people in America realize you are getting punched in the eye right now. (laughs) Wake up. They're (laughs) slapping the mess out of you. 
It reminds me of that poem that came first for the communists and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist. They came for the Jews. I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. And then they came for me and there was no one left. So, you know, that's what we have to understand. This is at our front doorstep. And that's really important. And there's a lot of so-called constitutional men out there saying what these guys did down in Burns was lawless. And that is pretty surprising, to be honest. Well, you know, I think it's a complete lack of comprehension of what we're dealing with here. Um, the fact that it's the federal government that's acting completely lawlessly. And, the, and, and again, the lack of understanding that this is something that's been going on for over 50 years. We are, see, we are not seeing the beginning of something. We are seeing the culmination of something. We are seeing people who have, who have played along with the system. People who have played the federal government's game, who have gone through the administrative law courts, have been through the federal courts, have gotten federal court opinions in their favor, only to watch the federal government take, change the rules and take their property anyway. So they, these people have been going along with the system for over 50 years. They've been paying the fees to use their own stinking land. They've been following the directives. They've been maintaining the control that the federal government wants to have to their own detriment and their own economical destruction and their own economic destruction. And they're, they're, they've been playing these rules only to find out that the government doesn't have to play by the rules because they're playing in the government's court and they're not playing in a court of real due process. Do you know there's a family in uh, Bonner County, Idaho, that's being attacked, that was being attacked by the IRS? Okay, so this is not just the BLM. We're talking about the FDA. I'll remind you that we had the FDA raiding Amish farmers for raw milk and cheese. That's right. We've got the EPA taking people's land because they've redefined what a waterway is through the Clean Air Water Act. Do you know, according to the EPA, a, a navigable waterway is a puddle. Is, is a puddle that sits more <laughs> than 90 days. Yeah. Well, I write about that in my book, The Green Gospel. The EPA is running roughshod. They're going to soon have eco-police. Well, they're here now. You're, you know, you've exceeded your carbon footprint, Chris, so you can't travel out of the country right now. I mean, it is frightening. The EPA, the FDA, the, the DOJ, the litany of these groups. And then you've got Nancy Pelosi pushing all these immigration cases through. You've got well, I call her Mao Zedong in a skirt, Hillary Clinton. You've got Loretta Lynch mob, as I call her, the attorney general, saying, you know, you better not talk about Muslims because we're going to prosecute you. I mean, there's a jihadist in the slaughterhouse who deserves, in my opinion, to be hung for high treason. Where's all the pastors on this? Where are the liberty-loving men? We've got border chaos. We've got 780,000 pending immigration cases, refugees flooding in. Good old Nancy, I'll just pass over. Obamacare Pelosi saying, let's push them through. The courts are in a chaotic backlog. The system's set up to fail. You've got more and more shenanigan, fraudulent chicanery by this imperial president, Obama. The Constitution's on life support. I mean, we're in a post-constitutional crisis. Appointment clause is under attack. The Commerce Clause is under attack. The Treaty Clause. I mean, this is a nightmare, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's because the, the court system is logged up. It's not even a real court system. The family in Bonner County, Idaho, who was battling with the IR, with the EPA, sued the EPA all the way to the Supreme Court. Right. Not to stop the EPA, but so that the Supreme Court could lower their kingly scepter and tell this family, yes, you have the right to sue the EPA. They had to sue the EPA all the way to the Supreme Court so the Supreme Court would say they could sue the EPA. And now they had to start all over again. It's rigged. The whole system is rigged through these, these administrative law courts. And that's what we're seeing. We are seeing the culmination of this frustration. And, you know, uh, as, as the people begin to push back, as they always will, as they always have throughout history... Uh, we're going to see more and more of the federal government's reactions. These ideas that, uh, you know, because you, you question the government, you're, you're a seditionist. And, and because you believe that the government is wrong, you're speaking treason. We're going to see more claims of government language 
uh, uh, anti-government language being outlawed. It's absolutely insane. I mean, we have Pete Santilli, who is in prison by the FBI, FBI right now, held on no bond for simply being a journalist. He never once said any uh, that he was part of the refuge holdout. He never once spent a night on the refuge. He never once did anything to harm anybody or said anything to anybody. He never picked up a firearm. His only purpose in Burns was to report what was happening in real time so that the people all over the world could see what was going on. And what do we have? They've arrested him. They've yeah. put him in prison and held him on no bond for, uh, I think the charge is uh, uh, obstruction of a federal agent. Well, it goes back to the BLM showdown. Harry Treasonous Reed and primary representative for that ENN Energy Group, a Chinese energy company seeking to build, get this, Chris, a $7 billion solar panel plant on a 10,000-acre Clark County desert plot in Laughlin, Nevada. When you think about the shenanigans, go the side deals, and you're right. I mean, this boxing match is rigged. Again, you've got guys sitting in prison. I really thought when Oregon first happened at the Mulher National Wildlife Park, I thought that Christians would be in a fervent upward descending on Oregon like a swarm of mad locusts. But instead, Chris, it was crickets chirping in the pulpit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we already live in a state of slavery. We are afraid of the federal government and we do not realize that we are no longer operating free. Let me ask you a question. If, if, if you actually have paid off your mortgage in your home, so you don't own a bank, anything on the land in which you live, can you build something on your property without first seeking permission from the government? Absolutely not. Do you actually own your property? No, you do not. I mean, think about that. If you fail to pay your property taxes for three years, your government will take your property from you. That's right. The, the three years of property taxes won't even be close to what your value of your land is. And it's not that the federal government or, or, or your government, whether it be state or local, is buying your property for three years of back taxes. They're repossessing it because they believe they already own it. And they're just simply evicting you for your failure to pay your government rent. That is a kingly mentality. Only in a kingdom when land is not owned does it revert to the king. I agree. And that's because what do they want? Well, it's this tsunami of, and I call it the green tsunami of globalism, because it operates completely in the open. They have set their little global agenda. Folks, it's not coming to a local community near you. It's here. And it calls for a dramatically increasing urbanization and forcing people right out of the rural areas, Chris, into these very densely populated, massive mega cities, complete with these stack and pack micro apartments, all your smart appliances, your smart TV, everything's controlled by, as you said in the beginning, these technocratic oligarchs with the ability to control every aspect. It's all about control, isn't it? And I really call mm-hmm. this hell on earth when this thing's completed because, as Aldous Huxley put it, we will make them love their serfdom. And this is what we're talking about. You said kingship. We're serfs. Well, we're already in love with it because we are controlling our own voices. We won't say, you know, uh, people who know the truth are afraid to speak because they don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want the IRS to come after them. We have ranchers and farmers who will not stand up for other ranchers and farmers because they do not want to lose their leasing permits. Right. Permits. I mean, if you have to ask permission, you don't own something. You're an in, you are in best indentured. And at worst, you're just a slave. And, and this, this is the reality that we need to wake people up to. And, and, and the thing is, is that people, you talk like this and people are like, oh, well, that's just, you, you know, I mean, that's just crazy speak. You're just <laughs> being radical. You know, I, I think that people don't understand what that word radical means anymore. I think that people don't understand that 
the way we live now is radical. Our framers fought so that we could live in a way that they did not have to live. Absolutely. The principles of liberty have been established for over a thousand years. And we are living as if we have redefined liberty to mean servitude. Well, absolutely. And let's not forget, though, that Jesus would have been considered a vigilante, a radical of his time, too. (laughs) Right. I I mean, you're a true Patrick Henry of our time. And I want to really give my hats off to you, Chris, for the fact that you speak to thousands of people across our country on the history of the Constitution when the schools certainly won't teach it. And I'm glad to hear you talk about homeschooling, because I'll tell you what. American exceptionalism is not in our classroom with these commie core outlines and what liberty? They don't even talk about liberty in the class. And Mm -mm. these are our young kids, our future generation. And if we don't have some kind of passion to inspire people to understand what the Tea Party was all about and what was 1776, Thomas Paine, kids don't even have a clue who these characters are anymore, do Mm -mm. they? No, they don't. And that's that's the very sad part of it. And not only that, they're replacing the reality of who these people are with lies of who the government wants them to be portrayed to be. So that if you say things like liberty, then you're just you're anti-government. If you say things like freedom, then you are just a bigot. And and you, you, they use these uh, Alinsky tools but they're not really Alinsky tools, to be honest with you. I think we do Alinsky way too much credit by giving him the, yeah. you know, the credit for this. Yeah. These are the tools of tyrannical government for over a thousand years. You turn the people against themselves. You get them addicted to their comfort and addicted to the provisions of their servitude. And then all you have to do is threaten them with the loss of comfort and they will turn on each other. This is, this is not a statement of, of conspiracy. This is a statement of historical fact and human nature. And the interesting thing is, is that history is our greatest teacher, which is why it's revised. So we don't learn from it. But I'll guarantee you something for sure. Our government learns from history. They're learning from their own, uh, from, his- from thousands of years of history on how to keep people in servitude, the worst kind of servitude, the servitude that doesn't involve chains and whips, but the servitude of the mind so that people will, will enslave themselves. Because you see, when the government can get you so addicted to comfort and serenity and peace and provision, then what they can do is threaten you with the loss of those things and then you will enslave yourself. You will shut your own mouth. You will limit your own actions. You will not protest. You will not associate. You will not uh, air your grievances. And before long, you won't even go to church out of fear because you've enslaved yourself. And that's the worst form of slavery. Absolutely. It is slavery. And really, when you think about the amount of people in the MSM, the mainstream media, the evisceration of our constitutional liberties and freedoms. There's no one really talking about it. Well, maybe Mark Levin, but he's mainstream. Thank God for the new media, because there's no one in the mainstream talking about it, is there? Well, you know, we have different people from in different places talking about different things. And uh, so you have uh, Jason Stapleton, who is a good friend of mine. He has he has a, an, a YouTube program that he publishes, and uh, he issues uh, um, podcasts on that, and you can get truth from him. You've got Ben Swan's yeah, Truth Ben's in Media. Good, yeah. I mean, I, I, these are the people that I go to for things that I don't teach about, but actually can give you truth in things. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly going to Ben Swan. Um, Jason Stapleton has a great teaching perspective on economics and tariffs and things like that. So many of the independent journalists out there who the government doesn't acknowledge as being a real journalist. I mean, at this point in time, Mark Levin wouldn't even be uh, Mark Levin is more mainstream media than (laughs) than, you know, than 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 the people who are out there speaking the truth. And, And I'm not saying Mark Levin's not speaking the truth. But what I'm saying is, is that we need to turn away and start going more towards these independent broadcasters who are not controlled by money, who are not controlled by popularity, who are in it for the truth, uh, regardless of the consequences. The problem is, though, look, 
If the federal government doesn't recognize you as bona fide media, you find yourself in prison like Pete Santelli. I mean, I don't know how many people remember um, Dick Durbin telling us about the uh, co- about Congress talking about the uh, protecting the press act. Right. As if we need a protecting the press act. He says he says, what is press? He says we need to define press not based on 250 years ago, but based on modern modern terms. And then you've got um, uh, Diane Feinstein talking to the House floor about how the press has to be people with bona fide credentials, like people in the White House press corps, real journalists. She says bloggers and tweeters, they're not press. She said you can't be press if you can just buy a website on the Internet. That is not press. And her implication is if you are not if you haven't received accreditation or acknowledgement from the government, from a bona fide credentialed uh, university, or you're not publishing with somebody that they acknowledge, then you are not press and you don't deserve the protections of the First Amendment. That is the very reason we have the First Amendment. So we don't have to have government permission so that we will speak out about government and we will speak out against government. Well, you're right, because good old Diane, as I call her, not so Feinstein and her gun grabbing cronies, she literally said, unless you're a bona fide talking bobblehead, forget what you say, you have no credibility. And so I think the world looks to America. I mean, it wasn't just the the last bastion of freedom, Chris Ann. It was the first and only. And so the world is looking at America saying, why are you letting this happen? You've got this mm-hmm. Muslim in your White House. Why are you Americans letting it happen? And I think there is a sense of just people are, they don't know what to do. They do feel helpless. They do have bystander apathy. Would you agree? I wouldn't say, uh, I, I wouldn't call it apathy. I would just simply call it ignorance. They don't understand how it relates to them. Right. I think most people live in a universe of their own world. You know, we, we are so busy. We have two, two parents working in the home, and then we have soccer and softball and dance, and, and, you know, we work very hard, and it's just life is stressful enough. They don't want to uh, escape that bubble and see the reality of what stress really is. And as long as they can keep their job and, and, and watch TV and go home and, and have a beer or, or go to the movies or, you know, watch their kids play soccer, then all is right in the world. And it's the bread and circuses that keep people distracted by what's really going on. And so we, we have to be able to reach them. We have to, like I said, be able to let them know. Just because you're driving with blinders doesn't mean that the walls are not crashing around you. And if the longer we wait, the less options we have. Our framers went through, oh my goodness, Sheila, they went through so much trouble to make sure that we did not have to have a violent revolution. They made us not a kingdom so that we could have states that would stand up in our defense so that we would not have to fight on our own. And so what we have are legislators that are ignorant. We have states that are inactive and detached, addicted to federal money, afraid of losing federal dollars and operating on their own. And we have got to wake the people up. I always say this on my program. We need to put the government back in its rightful place. We tell them what to do. They don't tell us. So I think it's the question of will people stand today or will our children fall tomorrow? That's a good question, isn't it? Well, you know, it is a matter of it, of not matter of of will we. It's a matter of when we. I mean, history proves that. And our children, we will do it either today peacefully or our children will do it with their blood. I mean, that's a guaranteed at this point. Winston Churchill has a beautiful quote on this. He says, "If if if you will not fight for the right when you can easily win without bloodshed, if you will not fight when the victory is sure and not too costly." You may have to fight with all the odds against you and only a precarious chance of survival. He said, but there may even be a worse case. You may have to fight when there is no hope because it's better to perish than to live as a slave. And that's where we are. 
We are at this point where we are going to fight when we can win without bloodshed. We are going to fight even though some people will have to go to jail. We're going to fight. And even though some people will lose their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. And we will do this. Or our children will do it with their blood. Because we're enslaving them. I mean, that's the bottom line. You can't get around the fact that we are invoking a slavery on our children that they will not be able to get out of. Folks, listen to what Chris Ann just said. We are evoking slavery. You've seen the gun grabbing, folks. You've seen the NDAA, the Patron Act. That's only the start of it. You've seen the false flags, the draconian police state uprising. Forget protecting and serving here. All the way around, it's an absolute extirpation of everyone's rights. My grandfather stormed the beaches of Normandy to protect the blanket of freedom that we enjoy, and yet military and law enforcement, they've all sworn to uphold the Constitution. And I think of the Lexington Minuteman, Chris, representing Captain John Mm -hmm. Parker. I think of retreating not be an option for the colonists. And I think of men like my granddad. They didn't back down. Tens of thousands of GIs over the year, they watched these comrades bleed and die. And I'm telling you, Chris Ann, if there is one thing that boils my blood, it's the vilification of our veterans And I think about how much we've allowed up till now. Are we going to continue this? Are we going to continue to bow down to tyranny like a bunch of cowards on our knees? Bottom line is, it is time to draw a line in the sand and make a stand. It's not about Donald Trump getting voted in. There is no political solution to a spiritual problem. Yeah, and and it is right. And what we have to deal with here is the fact that uh, we have too much comfort. We've become pacified in prosperity. We've become lazy in luxury. We've become complacent and compliant in our comfort. And I will tell you very boldly that I believe that the fate of this country will fall at the feet of our pastors and our churches who have sat by and watched God's gift of liberty be, be, be ripped from our hands uh, without saying anything in a world. We have too many Christians in America that are so addicted to the comfort of this world that they've forgotten who the comforter really is and that we that to whom much is given much is required and the people are required to defend god's gifts you know it 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 makes me really uh, upset to hear christians say things like god bless america and god gave us america and god gave us liberty and yet they sit back and they won't do anything to defend it yeah the parable of the talents tells us that that when a master gives us a gift, he expects it to be prospered, not buried in the dirt and returned to him in the manner in which it was received, or even less than that. I mean, it's buried in the dirt. It's probably dirty and full of cracks and crud and, and stuff. So what we're talking about now is God's requirement that we prosper the gifts that he gives us. And in that parable, it says those who do not prosper the gift. We're called wicked and slothful servants. It breaks my heart to know that many of my brothers and sisters who are sitting in the churches today will will be faced with God one day and hear that word, wicked, slothful servant. I could not agree more, Chris Ann, and I think it's high time the church grew a backbone. And I wrote something a couple years ago called The Silence is Deafening, and you just touched on it, the pervasive plethora of these weak and gutless, insecure, people-pleasing evangelifish, as I call them, hiding behind their 501c3, mm-hmm. deserving to be carried out, in my opinion, strung up for the most egregious travesty in North America, the unwillingness not only preach the word of God now, but instead of boldly proclaiming the gospel, these little gutless wimps cower like the howdy duties in Houston. They avoid calling sin a sin. Homosexuality, as you know, it's been substituted with the softer sounding lifestyle choice, abortions, freedom of choice. And you've got this endless list of abhorrent euphemisms. You think of the land of the free is being pillaged and plundered. I can only use pirate terms to describe the once home of the brave, which is spiraling out of control. We've got 94 million American people out of work. We've got an implosion coming in the economy. And while these DC miscreants are selling us out faster than Al Sharpton can spell racism, yet no one bats an eye, Chris. Well, you know, it's because, again, it's the lack of, of knowledge and our pastors are going to really feel the backlash of this when they get when they when when they stand before God. 
because God gives us many warnings. And what you've touched on is this fact that these pastors won't say mush if they had a mouthful because they're afraid of losing their 501c3. They're afraid of losing tithes in the pew. They're afraid of uh, making the deacon's wives mad and they'll lose their job. And what they're telling us is that they've turned themselves over to idolatry. They've broken the first commandment and his money is now their God. They fear man more than they fear God. And that disqualifies them from our pulpits. I wrote about this uh, in my book called Liberty First, The Path to Restoring America. I have a chapter called uh, Pray for Pastoral Awakening, which has an excerpt from a a sermon that my husband preached. And so uh, what I want to do is really before Sheila, before we're done, is really direct people to the solutions because we can we, we can point out all the problems all day long. And I think that the problems are very obvious to us. And and the people who listen to your show, Sheila, because you're a champion of liberty, you're a champion of the Constitution, you know what's going on. These people are aware of the problems. Let's let's talk about these solutions. And we have so many solutions that our framers gave us that don't involve actually picking up arms. I mean, first and foremost, we have the sovereignty of the states, the most powerful tool. James Madison said it was the most powerful control of the federal government anywhere on earth was our state legislators. And we need to activate them. My book, Sovereign Duty, Sheila, tells people exactly how to do that. It's it was based on a class or let's say it is based on a class that I taught and do teach to state legislators. Now, I've taught the legislators of Utah, Arizona, Kansas, Oregon, Missouri, and Idaho now. And it's amazing when you bring this this liberating truth to our state legislators of not just simply their duty, but the power that they have uh, in over the federal government. It is absolutely it's one of the most encouraging things. The other most encouraging thing is that we have uh, we are teaching lots of states uh, or, or lots of students. Right now, I am in Tampa, Florida, teaching a Bible college of o- almost three hundred students all week long. We are reaching people. This is our hope. This is our new beginning in America, the future of liberty, and. Again, Samuel Adams told us it's all about education, because if you don't know what you're fighting for, you won't know what it's worth, and then you won't stand up and fight. Mm, Samuel Adams, one of my favorites. He coined the phrase, among the natural rights of the colonists are these, first a right to life, secondly to liberty, and thirdly to property, together with the right to defend them in the best manner they can. And he had so many other amazing quotes. In the waning moments, Chris, give out your website for the people and how they can find out about your sessions that you do in various cities and as well as how they can get your books. Well, you can do do it. Find everything on my website, chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. And I am teaching over 265 lessons in over 22 states every single year. Uh, uh, so it, there's a good chance that I'm going to be uh, in your area within driving distance uh, sometime this year teaching if I haven't already been there, you know. And so I, what I tell people is drive two hours. I'm I'm flying from Florida, you know. <laughs> if, I can, if I come from Florida, you can drive two hours. And so if you want me to come and teach, I teach high school, middle school students. I teach college students. I teach a religious liberty class. One of the most challenging classes that I teach is the religious liberty class that I teach in churches. I teach state legislators. I teach law enforcement. I teach adult groups. There's over nine lessons that I teach you can find on my website. And we work, Sheila, we work on donation only. So you don't have to pay me uh, a speaking fee to get me to come out. All you have to do is schedule me and invite people to come. And uh, we work off donation. Uh, we work off what people give us for the books. And I have T-shirts and stuff that keep us going. And the more meetings we get, the more meetings we can take because then the, the more revenue we have to actually come in and teach more. And so we don't want people to think that, you know, we can't have this truth. It costs too much. Uh, I don't want that to ever be an excuse. I know there are people 
who have speaking fees. I mean, amazing. We have we have some people who are running for president now who weren't uh, presidential candidates when they were charging fifty thousand dollars speaking fees and airline <laughs> fees and yeah. uh, you know five star hotel stuff. I don't want that to be my legacy. I want my legacy to be that you know we were speakers of truth, we were defenders of liberty, we were doing what God asked us to do, and let Him work out the details of the finances and the reward. Amen. Well, that's wonderful. And I do encourage people to go to Chris Ann Hall, get that information in. If she's going to be at a community near you, I'll tell you what, you do yourself well to get out there and go to one of Chris's sessions. Very powerful stuff. And you'll learn a lot. This is information that we really just should know, but a lot of people sadly don't. So I think what you're doing is wonderful. I know like me, you are a busy girl out there doing God's will and God bless you for that. And also, folks, you can catch Chris Ann on March 7th on the Hagman and Hagman Show. Chris Ann, it's always a pleasure. Do come back and see us soon. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I've been away too long. <laughs> I was in Haiti the last time you contacted me, and I did the nine-minute video on uh, Oregon Ranch thing, and that went viral, and my life went crazy. And we're, we're, we're starting to calm down and settle down now. I'm one of those people that doesn't want to be famous, <laughs> like sort of flying on the low under the radar. If you have not watched that viral YouTube video, it's also linked there today at WeekendVigilante.com. Chris, always a pleasure. God bless you in what you do. Bye-bye. Bye. Folks, that was Chris Ann Hall. Her information is linked there in today's February 25th, 2016 bio. Do check out her website. Tomorrow on the program, the one and only Steve Quayle. He joins me. And then Monday, Patrick Wood. And then I will be gone for almost the whole month of March. Augusto Prez event, Skywatch TV, and of course, here, The Watchman, March 18th to the 20th. I am going to be back in the full swing of things out of the shoot April 1st. And of course, getting all my sound issues addressed. The exciting news is I've reached my goal for my fundraiser. And I want to thank you for stepping up and donating to that. Thank you so much for all the wonderful emails that came in, the letters, my mailbox. You actually wrote handwritten letters. I love that. It's very humbling sometimes asking for help, but I'll tell you what, it means so much to me that you think that my program is worth being on the air. And it means a lot to me because when you're doing God's calling, it can be it can be rough, but people appreciate the show. They appreciate the work that goes into it. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. See you tomorrow. Good night and God bless.